Headphones on, let's do this. Hey, do you know of a, uh, a podcast I could listen to that has nerd and comic books and stuff? I really can't find one. I say, you ever heard of the Nerd Dumb Podcast? Hello, everybody, and Hi. welcome to the Nerd Dome Podcast, episode 223. I am your podcaster without fear, Luke, and today I am joined with this uncanny guy. Hi! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> How y'all doing? I'll wait for your response. <laughs> <laughs> the void never speaks back. It spat out Kyle! <laughs> it did, it did, and that's a great segue for the next person to introduce himself. I'm the agitated Kyle. I'm agitated by the void. <laughs> and the void is audio, the void and bad audio equipment. That's... He didn't. He didn't. The void didn't all the way spit out Kyle. Just just part of his face. <laughs> just part of it. Yeah, he's going through a tunnel. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, man, he's he's almost Bane right now, which is yeah. fun. <laughs> he and was then... born in the void. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have our our friend Chris. Howdy. He's back. I am back. Somehow he keeps showing back up. It's yes. amazing. Bad penny. <laughs> and then you had a you had your uh, your your thing. Your uh your adjective. Oh god. Yeah, I already lost it from the last time. Well, it's all right. You can make a new one. Web up. of. <laughs> That's right. That's it's right. It's web of Chris. Yep. <laughs> We're going to just start putting that on the names on the recording thing so we don't forget. Um yeah, uh, Charles was going to join us, but apparently he thinks Tuesday is also the same day as Thursday, which it is, in fact, not. They start um, with the same letter. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I know he just got back from California, so he's pro- his days are probably all mixed up anyway. But uh, Oh, that's great. I forget they have different days there. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say something like that. <laughs> yeah. See, it's all right. He's back from the void, and you guys are already in sync. Um Oh, which one of you is Justin Timberlake? Um, yeah. Kyle, obviously, he's the more attractive of the two of us. <laughs> is it the I hair? I mean, I'm not going to argue. It is the hair. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I saw Kyle, you had like the hair of like the hair length of Mickey Rourke from The Wrestler. And I, I wonder Such what it is movie. like now. It is a good movie. I, I mean, that's it's probably back there. I cut it all off and. Now it's back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wish it's I had magic, that problem. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we were talking a little bit before we started recording. We're just gonna hit some hit some uh, talking points before we jump into the news. But uh, Chris, you brought up uh, the whole situation with uh, Mr. Royland and the whole Rick and Morty situation. You want know, to dive into that? Yeah, breaking news! Like this, uh, this was released about three hours ago at time of recording. Uh, that Adult Swim has officially uh, 
terminated all of their involvement with anything to do with uh, Justin Roiland, but they did say that Rick and Morty, the show itself is going to continue and they're still working on um, season seven. So what that means for the, for the show and for uh, the comics and for the fans and for the other shows that he's involved with, I kind of wanted to get everybody's take and say like, like how many beds did this guy shit in? You know, oh, yeah. just not just his own, but like all of them apparently. <laughs> yeah, I was just taking a quick look at like Oni Press, right? Like Oni mm-hmm. Press is the is the publisher that that um, has the rights for Rick and Morty right now, and they must put out like ten different Rick and Morty titles because there's Rick and Morty versus Cthulhu, regular Rick and Morty that's just got to issue one hundred. Didn't they have uh, a Dungeons crisis. and Dragons crossover too? They have a Dungeons and Dragons license crossover. How mad do those people got to be, right? Whereas, like, ah, we don't want to be associated with this sort of stuff. Summer Vacation, Infinity Hour, Hard Book, Animation Hour, Rick's new hat. There's just so right, many, right, so many comics from this, and they are all the um. I, I don't think it's going to fall off the face of the earth, but I think that's a that's a big problem, and they sell. About five thousand copies each when they come out. Mm-hmm. That's a huge chunk of of comics for Oni Press. That's that's big numbers, you know. Right, right, yeah. Especially for you know, it's not it's not the Marvel or DC, you, you know, your Oni Press because they they're uh, they still just do like the licensed stuff, right? A lot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So so he does the voice of Rick and Morty. And Morty. Mm-hmm. And is he also an animator? He's also a writer. As also a, matter a writer. Fact, if you talk, like, if you go look at old interviews of uh, Dan Harmon, mm-hmm. they ask him, like, how do you make the Rick and Morty episodes? And he's like, oh, we wait for Justin to walk in in the morning and he has a character and he's like, oh, I'm Mr. Poopy Pants or whatever and doing a voice. Right. And then they write an episode based around that guy. So it's <laughs> like, it's also like the, the, it's a it's a smart and creative team of people, but I mean, I think talking to them, they say that Royland's kind of the spark, and and everybody mm-hmm. right, like uh, works off of his jump start. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I've seen him do other things, like uh, it was on like a radio call-in show, and he called in to like some you know televangelist. Uh, oh yeah, prayer line. Mm-hmm. And just seeing him just, you know, be able to improv and just go. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Like hearing that, that he's kind of the spark for all of the all the stuff they got going on. Yeah, that was an H3H3 podcast when they were mm-hmm. and they were calling into the um, Joel Osteen. Right. That's uh, right prayer thing and that was so Austin, funny please. i want to talk to old steen he's my guy <laughs> so he's funny like yeah. he can he can be a horrible person and funny at the same time but sure. yeah this is <laughs> those two qualities are often <laughs> it seems like it right it gets hard to be invested in something you know what i mean when you're like at some uh-huh. point i'm going to find everybody who has anything to do with this is a horrible person it's like, mm-hmm. I'd rather just like not know anything about you personally, because eventually something's going to come out and everyone's going to be mad at you and then you're not going to be in things anymore. So just, just, just be, be quiet. And you, uh, you just, you just need to decide your, your particular level of shittiness that you're willing to accept from your artists. Because right. there's, there's something, there's something about everybody. Except Tom Hanks. Except Tom Hanks. Well, and even Tom Hanks, if you listen to his son, 
<laughs> right? He's like, ah, he's not a nice guy. He's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like, and yeah. then everyone goes, shut up, Colin Hanks. No one <laughs> believes you. Like he, he doesn't. He doesn't wash his hands after he pees in a public bathroom. That's that's it. That's 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 that's, that's, that's the level of depravity that Tom Hanks falls into. <laughs> You've got just sort of an ick face where it's like ah, that sucks. But I mean, I'm not going to not like uh, Road to Perdition over that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not going to exactly. burn my Forrest Gump uh, DVDs, Blu-rays. <laughs> right. Like okay, maybe maybe I'll wash my hands after I, I shake your hand. That's it. That's <laughs> So, I can so, still enjoy what you do. Now, now I just planted something uh, in my head when I said burn like Blu-rays and DVDs. What are people going to burn in protest when they just digitally download stuff? Their computers. <laughs> just a, a shitload of monitors on fire. Not so, the computer, just the monitor because they needed yeah, to yeah. upgrade anyway. So, so there's, there's an interesting startup idea here. Um, you need a digital... <laughs> dumpster fire that you can drop your digital content into like like an nft dumpster right and like an NM- nft dumpster that, that's like public like a public twitter that you can publicly burn your digital media in protest how do i unbuy this from amazon get it out of my face <laughs> i think you could even do twofold for like the, the the for the ones that want to do it like digitally and then you could also just sell like effigies Right, that people could buy an effigy of the. Hey, you want an NFT of uh, Tom Hanks from? <laughs> it was like Trump? a physical card, like cardboard. <laughs> like it's oh, like my. it's a trading card company. Yeah, and, yeah. Like a burn your effigy trading yes. card company. Yes. Uh huh. So yeah, I like I think we're this. onto something here. <laughs> I think I think you could add that there's like a VPN uh, component to it where it right. won't allow you back onto Amazon. <laughs> look at that product so it's gone gone like you can't you yeah, can't it look at it exist in your life anymore yeah right it, it writes it into your it writes it into your local host file yeah you, you cannot perfect. view this product ever again <laughs> it, costs, perfect. it costs it costs 666 a month <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's good that's good so but yeah that um, guy he gets he gets his day in court right you know what i mean to like challenge to to face his accuser and but mm-hmm. he's in the court of public Royland is he's in the right. court of public opinion right now and uh is not and you'll see like a lot of those places that know that they can still make money off of somebody you know what i mean that well they'll be like oh we stand behind our artist or we stand behind right. this person or whatnot this is bad enough for the those people who are like we make a ton of money off of this and we're gonna just decide not see roll the dice of not doing it anymore right so right. seems pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all how it all turns out and everything. But I mean, yeah, you got to think of all those people involved with the company that, that like on the animation side, on the comic side. That it's it. I mean, he can't like own like one hundred percent of the property, though, right? So I don't think it's right. gonna because Dan Harmon also owns a big chunk of that too, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, this will be there. There's yeah, that's that's not yeah. It's it's going to be interesting to see whether or not people are going to be like uh, if if they can keep the show going without him. You know what I mean? And that'd be mm. great. That'd be interesting to see if if they can just get someone else to do the voices. Just going to be. Uh, I think I think the answer for those guys is to lean into not having him there anymore. You know what right, I mean? Like right. like just really push into the fact that these episodes don't have him there anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> kind of like the the uh, Terrence Howard being gone after the first Iron Man. Oh yeah, they just were like, okay, it's not, it's it's, it's, it's Don Cheadle now. Yeah, lean into it and just be yeah. like, this is the way it is now. <laughs> yeah, um, Ryan. Yeah, I well, I think the the big problem the big problem with that is because he was because he's been so involved and he has an ownership stake. I don't I don't think just we can't just distance ourselves from this voice actor. He he owns part of it. Yeah. He'll still make money every time you right. watch an episode yeah. and every time you buy a piece of merch and stuff. So right. and people kinda have to Yeah, I think that's enough. I think that's enough for most people to just say, I I know this yeah. is it, it's not it's yeah. not like he was like it's not it's not even like he was a little racist. Yeah, like because that you can go like, all right, look, people can learn, they can change, like mm-hmm. I, we can work with this, but eh. yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a situation. Um, but moving on to that to some video game talk, uh, Ryan. Yes, I started playing uh, or really kind of diving into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Do you have? Yes, 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 yes. I am. I started it, but I never got out of like leaving Norway. Like I was just oh, yeah. there. Yeah. So, so now I finally have moved on to where you go to England. Got and, to England. And now I'm house building like crazy. I'm wait doing till nothing. You go, wait till you go to Ireland. Mm-hmm. And then there's and then, expansions where you go to France and France. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I know I have a long, I'm, I think <laughs> I'm so I'm just, I think I have my, my, uh, my city, at like level mm-hmm. three, mm-hmm. I Very think. Which um, is raiding, raiding and pillaging yeah, much, and building the city. And I'm just every new place I go, I'm doing the U. I am, I am finding every single thing that I can <laughs> All there, the and I'm clearing it out because I did that on Odyssey, and I really enjoyed it because mm-hmm. I was able to go through the game. But I think I'm like 15 hours in. Did you I'm, finish Odyssey? Yes, I did. I finished. You played Odyssey, the story. Played so you the played the story. You played Odyssey. You you know you have played Valhalla, and then you played Black Flag. Are those yeah, the ones that you played Black Flag till I got to be a pirate. Yes, and then I stopped playing Black Flag and started playing the Skull and Bones game that's never going to be released. Oh, right. From that's uh, <laughs> my it's my New Mutants. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll believe it. They've delayed that thing six times now, mm-hmm. um, and I hope that's just so they're trying to get it right and everything. But uh, yeah, so. I I'm still holding out hope. Played... I'm really excited that Mimi oh, one day it... will be released. <laughs> the, oh yeah. The, from what I understand, I don't know if it was, you guys already said this, that the Valhalla or not Valhalla, the, um, the skull and bones is like under contractual obligation with the Philippines yep. to come out. Yep. Oh, good. But, yep. The entire like there's a government, government that's involved yeah. if it doesn't come out. That's why they haven't just scrapped it yet. How yeah. does one enter into a contractual agreement with the Philippines? So they got government subsidies to work with uh, programmers that were in. It was like a jobs program in in the Philippines. So they were like, we have this this group of programmers here and we'll uh, you don't have to pay taxes or whatever on their income or something. There was some sort of deal with the with the country where they said you can have this uh, um like labor essentially uh, for super cheap here, and uh, but the one of their stipulations was this game has to come out, 
And so that's why they keep working on it. If this was a regular video game with, with just regular investment in it, they would have they would have scrapped it years ago. Yeah, they announced this in 2019. Yeah. Was when this game was announced. And now we'll be lucky to maybe see it at the end of 2023. It'd be nice to get eyes on that contract and see when that deadline is. Yeah. Um to, so we'll be like that's when it's going to come out. It's it's a really um, cleverly written contract. It just says eventually. Right. <laughs> Um, but no, Ryan, I've played, so I've played black flag just a little bit. I played origins for a little bit, the Egypt mm. one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but really it was the, the surprise, surprise. The second that I didn't have to do sneaky, sneaky stuff like, uh, in, in odyssey where they're like, yes. cool, you can just kick the door down and kill everyone. Mm-hmm. That's stealthy enough. I'm like, I am in, um, and- which they've continued on in this one valhalla even there's there's no need for stealth whatsoever in any mission in valhalla like it's it's even tells you it's like hey um you could do it the sneaky way or you can be a viking and go do it the viking way whatever you want like even like the characters are telling you Uh you can go about this two ways you be you or you could be an assassin do what you want Mm -hmm. (laughs) i like the only time that Mm -hmm. i i like do the sneaky stuff is when it's like really advantageous like there's 14 guys that there that are higher level than me i'll maybe pick a few of the bigger ones off and kind of like thin the herd but then i kick the door in and all hell breaks loose um, right so i generally it, it it's atypical i've been playing valhalla differently i am i am playing it your way really i just am the, the story no, I am. I'm not sneaking around. I am just. Oh, oh okay, okay. That murder. I'm just walking through the front door and murdering people. There's, there's something very satisfying about when you're a Viking and you just have a giant axe and you're like, okay, they don't have any weapons and I need to get the treasure in here. So I'm just going to kick the door down and to take the treasure. Yeah. It fits. It fits way more with that than it would for like Ezio. Yes. Like, he's not kicking in doors in what, Florence? Isn't that where Ezio's at, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, kicking in Florentine doors and murdering people doesn't really have the same um, level of satisfaction when you're a Viking named Ivor. <laughs> um, are you playing as the, uh, the the guy or the girl? Um, I chose the the, the animus to side, mm-hmm. so um, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And there are there is a story pertinent thing about that that is kind of like revealed to you, which is neat. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, it's it's a I really enjoy the let the animus decide option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I did. I I'm probably gonna play it through twice with mm-hmm. each. Um, because mm-hmm. I did that with uh, Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I played as mm-hmm. Alexios and Odyssey. And that's the one that I played. Like I did every single thing. I got every single thing. Mm-hmm. And then I did the new, uh, I don't know if they new game it. plus new game. Is it new game plus on that? Yeah. Uh, but I did that as Cassandra and I just played the story to see mm-hmm. if there's anything different. Mm-hmm. And they're like story wise, you know, it's just kind of the, the way NPCs flirt with you or don't flirt with you is really sure. the only difference that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, you still get invited to have a threesome w- that includes a goat. Oh um, yeah, with either character. So, yeah, so that that's there. Um, I played what? as I never played as Alexios. They played as Cassandra, mm-hmm. and from what I heard, Cassandra's voice acting. Oh, it's better. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. superior. 
yeah. much, much better. And uh, what was that? There was the the Eurovision movie with Will Ferrell when they were from Iceland and they went to like Europe to do the the singing competition. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh-huh. um, a girl from Greece in that. That's the voice actress of Cassandra. Oh. Oh, I did not know that. I was like half, I was looking at my phone, half paying attention. And then I heard her talk and I was like, wait a minute, hold on, rewind that. <laughs> Make her say that again. Um, but yeah, no, that's good. And then uh, the other game I've, I've been playing that I wanted to talk to you about, cause I'm not sure if you've played it yet is the, the guardians of the galaxy um, game. I own that and I haven't played it yet, but I do it, own it. <laughs> uh, has uh, Kyle or Chris, have you guys played that one? No, no. Um, it is comedy gold, like is from it? the beginning. You get like y- your first one, like the first mission where you're kind of like, like the tutorial is you're on this planet, bunch of crazy shits happening, and you're trying to find this teleporting screaming llama. <laughs> and then you get the teleporting screaming llama, and then you immediately get arrested by the Nova Corps for having a biological, uh, um, like basically a biological weapon. Uh, on your ship and you're like what it just all happens so fast but it gives you it does the the choices and what you have to say which is different from the avengers game where it's just you know the cutscenes are a movie right Mm -hmm. you're just you're just watching it as you're walking around like as as peter you get to pull up like the menu and you can pick whether to like side with this person you know be a smart ass be serious don't say anything that got added to it and it and it makes it awesome. And like the soundtrack is very reminiscent of James Gunn movies. So they mm-hmm. have a bunch of licensed music in it where it's just kind of playing in the background. Um, you get uh, like exploring the ship is fun. You get to walk around there. But so like uh, every time you run off to go get like a treasure and someone's with you, they're like, Quill, where the hell are you going? Stop. No, come back here. Yeah, that's a dead end, man. There's nothing back there. Like they're very, it's very self-aware. Um, and they also like to, uh, like if you, st- like I was trying to shoot something to see if I could break it and rockets like, what are we shooting at? What are we shooting at? And then you just see random like blasts from his gun start hitting stuff around you. He goes, oh, oh, nothing. You're shooting at nothing. Cool. Thanks, Quill. And I'm like, this game is awesome. <laughs> And you have to, like, there's a part where you're selling a monster to a monster, uh, I guess, broker, and you have to decide whether you're going to sell Groot or Rocket. And they're like, (laughs) Groot looks more like a monster on the outside, but we all know Rocket's the monster on the inside. (laughs) And it's just, it's awesome. I'm like, this is so much better than the Avengers game. Um, I hope, like, any future, because I know Marvel has that contract with uh, uh, Square Enix, to do a bunch of their stuff. I hope it's more like what we get from guardians of the galaxy and less from the did, Avengers game. Did they do the guardians games where? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't and know that. So much better. So <laughs> much better. It's like they, they figured it out and they're like, Oh, okay. They don't like that. It didn't get near as much publicity. Mm-mm. I think maybe they were trying to keep it under the radar because mm. they didn't want the hate from Avengers to hit it. Okay. Um, but I mean, I'm having fun with it. So if, if, if you guys have it, I would suggest playing it because it is it is fun. I, and- I want to play either of these games, but man, I have I, I just have a really hard time paying full pl- price for video games, and mm. they have not put Guardians of the Galaxy on sale. It seems like ever. It's See, still I got mine. Bucks. 
I got mine at a GameStop for like 40. Oh, there you a go. U- a used one. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I did. And I think one of the, I think it was either the PlayStation or Xbox. One of them gave it away free for a month right after I bought it because. Oh, red. <laughs> naturally. Anytime I buy a game, it's on sale like two days later. Um, but I did buy Gotham Knights when it was on sale. And that's my next one I'm going to play after I get, uh, you know, beat Guardians. And like, it, it'll be my change of pace game from Valhalla. Um, because that was the other thing in Valhalla, Ryan, the 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 tree, the experience tree. I'm like, oh my god, this thing is giant. so big. <laughs> oh my god! And I'm just like, all right, cool. I just picked way I'm, of the bear, and I'm like, I'm just gonna fill that out. That's what I'm, I'm doing. I'm like power. Le- I'm somewhere around power level 350, and I still don't have it all the way filled out. Yeah, see, I'm only at like 45. Right <laughs> oh, um, so it's like so it's like Skyrim leveling. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah, but even more than Skyrim. Oh, I would. It reminds say. me a lot of Skyrim though, because they're all like constellations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then there's people out there that are trying. Like I watched because uh, I was kind of interested in how the builds would go. Um, but like to see if I wanted to, you know, take some in this category and some in that category. But there's a guy out there that did a. Uh, a- as even build as you can do between all of the all of the different branches and he was like this kind of sucks <laughs> like i'm okay at a lot of things but i need to be good at one thing to get past <laughs> you know so and so section of the game mm-hmm. um but yeah the more more i go through it i'll i'll, I'll talk to you more about it but i'm yes. i'm having fun with it good um, i'm glad it's a fun game did we have something else we wanted? Oh, Ryan. Yes. Power Rangers. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm so excited for this. So Netflix is doing a 30th anniversary special for Power Rangers. It's called uh, Power Rangers Once and Always. And it has most of the original cast. So it has um, Walter Manuel Jones, who played Zach, the first Black Ranger. And then it has David Yost, who played the original uh, Blue Ranger. And then it has Catherine Sutherland. Steve Cardenas, Karen Ashley, and Johnny Young Bosch, who played the second uh, Pink Ranger, Red Ranger, uh, Yellow Ranger, Black Ranger. And then it has a, a new cast member who plays the daughter of Trini, who was the original Yellow Ranger who died in a car accident. And then it has the original Rita voice and the original Alpha 5. And I'm just very excited. Um, this is like the first time that some, like the, Zach has ever been in with the other ones because they he left the show and these guys came on, so they never actually worked together. It's just kind of kind of fun, mm. and I'm just very excited for it. it has the old pe- the old original cast, all of these people I have met at Comic Cons, which is super fun. So it's like I've it'll be cool to see them today, and also like having met them is cool. Yeah, and I am super excited. And then the stupid original Pink Ranger, who I don't like, and I regret meeting. She's a terrible person. <laughs> what, what, what was um, the, what, what, why that experience? So she was like, so, you know, when you go through Comic-Con and you go through like the photo lines and the mm-hmm. staff is generally trying to rush you through as fast as possible because they want, they sold, they sold too many photos and not enough to people to, to go through there. They are rushing you through usually. In her line, she was the one rushing you through. You were not moving fast. Nobody was moving fast enough for her. (laughs) 
And that kind of was off-putting. And her table was the same way. She's just like, I'm just here to sign your thing about, to sign your favor about your money, give you your money, move on. I'm not here to talk to you. Mm. I don't like, she's like, and and her panel, she's like, people were asking her about Power Rangers. That is the thing she is known for. She, she was put out having to talk about Power Rangers the whole time. She's like, I've done other things. Can't we talk about this, this stuff I've directed? Can't we talk about this other TV show? And we're like, no, we're no. here to talk about Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of off-putting. Um, she's not part of this 30th mm. anniversary thing. And she was asked why on her social media. And she replied why she said no. And she replied, I didn't say no. I just didn't say yes to what their offer was. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just don't like oh, you. Yeah. But I'm super excited about it. I'm happy that the original Pink Ranger's not in it because she's a douchebag. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, otherwise, I'm super excited. And I think, I hope that they'll have kind of like a a tribute or memoriam to Jason David Frank, who passed away recently. Mm-hmm. Um, he committed suicide, which is very sad. I was very right. impacted by that because he was always my favorite. And he was really cool to meet, too, but. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Everyone that's met him has. Mm-hmm. He's so fun to meet. Awesome mm-hmm. And then the, the original Red Ranger's in jail, so I don't think he's going to be part of it. Is he? What do you do? So. I'm pretty sure. Uh, fraud? He was arrested for fraud? Oh, uh, yeah, that'll get you in jail. <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's a straight path to the jail. Some type yeah. of pyramid yeah. scheme yeah. fraud type thing. Oh, I thought it was apparently all those years he didn't actually know karate. <laughs> But yeah, look for that on Netflix. It's going to come out in, I think it said April. Hold on. I'm scanning. Scanning the article. Yeah, April 19th. Hmm. Didn't one of the bad guys from the oh Power God. Rangers like murder some people too? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. One of the, I can't remember who it was, but so he get, like killed his roommate. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there was a guy that it, like murdered. I found, I found one, Ricardo Medina Jr., uh, who is it? Who was uh, Cole Evans in Power Rangers Wild Force? Oh, is it him? Well, that guy is in jail for uh, uh, six years, or he's released now, but he went in for voluntary manslaughter. Wow. Oh, the, oh, okay. Oh, yep. Red Red Ranger, original Red Ranger, Austin St. John, arrested for COVID wire fraud. Yeah, it was COVID relief form or uh, loans. Let's see, Skyler D. Leon. Man, don't be a Red Power Ranger. Apparently, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Skyler D. Leon. He was like a he had a non-speaking role on uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, but what he did, him and his girlfriend pretended that they wanted to go buy a yacht, and then what they they went to this yacht and then the owners of the yacht came along and they were like oh and they tried to steal it but what they did is they like i got to read this and be 100% sure of what's happened but i seem to remember they like tied the people to their own anchor and threw them off the threw oh them off God. the oh yacht God. they keel hauled them yeah like for real <laughs> Holy yeah shit this was they were yeah uh i mean don't yeah, think and they and they killed another the person just by to... cutting their throat too yeah it was Holy it's like shit. a non speaking role they didn't no, nobody famous from the show, but he was on Power Rangers. I, apparently, they don't they don't know the rule of wait till you're in international waters. Right, seven right. miles, guys. And, Come and on, then, man. And then everything's legal. Holy crap! 
Yeah, uh, so yeah, it said he was... I'm glad you're excited for your reunion. Sorry we went into the dark. (laughs) So, yeah, there is... There is... There's... I mean, you you get a show that's lasted since the the 90s into today for right. 30 years there's bound to be some they're bound to be mm-hmm. murderers i mean the upside the upside ryab is that now you have like a whole list of questions to ask next time you get to meet a power ranger <laughs> so i also just just his his name is not austin st john his real name is jason jason lawrence geiger yeah austin st john yeah he yep. he has a stage name yeah, and he was one of 18 people charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud mm-hmm. to obtain PPP funding. And he faces up to 20 years in jail. So there's that. <laughs> that's, if that's For Power Ranger stuff, Mike, Mike Olasky, he was mm-hmm. a red Power Ranger. He lives in Utah. Um, he has like a, like a gym in, in like Pleasant Grove that you can join. And and learn karate from and stuff. He's got a really interesting and fun TikTok to watch. Huh. Like his TikTok channel is really interesting and fun to watch. I would be like, okay, if I sign up for your class, do I get the suit? He like, was is that- also in Three Ninjas. Remember that? Yeah, I love Three Ninjas. <laughs> right, right. But I made my daughter was- watch that not too long ago. Yeah, but you said he was a Red Ranger, so now I'm automatically suspicious. <laughs> yeah, just like, be on is, guard. Is it is it an is it an, an MLM? Like, <laughs> oh, he played, he played. So Rocky, the second uh, Red Ranger, this guy played the kid version of him when they were all de-aged to kids. Mm. <laughs> okay, so so it'll only just be like tangentially related to crime. <laughs> Um, okay. Um, guys, uh, I got some news. News? News? I was was hoping Kyle would pop in from the void and it'd be like, nerves. Like it'd be like the, um, the outro from Space Ghost. Um, no, it was not. It was, it was too fun. It was too fun. It's fine. It's fine. Next time. (laughs) Um, okay, so uh, Marvel is celebrating the women of Star Wars with a bunch of Peach Momoko variant covers, which I watched that video like three times that you sent me, uh, mm. Chris. Yeah. Of her doing that. I was just like, she's talented. So talented. Just like with like the watercolors and how mm. she's just like, she's, like, da, 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 da. And she's just doing it so quick. And I'm like, that is amazing. People who do wet, wet on wet watercolors are wizards. Yeah, it's it was insane. But yeah, I watched that thing so many times. Uh, so when I saw this news story, I really wanted to bring it up. Uh, so Marvel Lucas Films are celebrating women, women heroes of the galaxy uh, uh, this month for variant covers. Uh, there's going to be 11 covers uh, on all Marvel Star Wars comics highlighting the women characters. Um, it said in her signature style, Momoko brings uh, to life a variety of Star Wars characters who have inspired fans for generations across films, comics, and more. Um, so she has, there's some out that we see previews of. Uh, there's one with, uh, Amalyn Holdo from, uh, last Jedi. I like her. Um, and then, uh, some of these, I'm, I'm not caught up on a lot of the high Republic stuff. And that seems like oh, a lot I of can help. Um, uh, Barash. Um, yeah, that's uh, a new Barash book that now. I haven't read yet. Right. Okay. Next is uh, Chathana Cha, a bounty hunter. 
in Darth Vader, Star Wars Hidden Empire. That's the new one I haven't read yet. Um, Maybe I can't Dom- help. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get there. Domina Tog. Oh. Uh, from Dr. Afra, correct? Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. Uh, and then there's Gare, uh, Jedi nope. Padawan, debuting in Star Wars Yoda number four. Uh, Grammy Staros, uh, Matriarch of her the Her name's Staros Grammy? Clan. Yes. Or her title. Yep. <laughs> Yes and yes. Uh, <laughs> so we got uh, Keltana. That's convenient, much like the lady in Encanto being named Abuela. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, man, how come every every Latino guy I know has someone in their family named Tio? <laughs> um, uh, Keltana, a scoundrel nope. employed by Jabba the Hutt in the Han Solo and Chewbacca series. Uh, Princess Leia. Oh, I know her. Oh, good, good. Um, uh, Maddie, a Jedi Padawan nope. from, uh, High Republic, uh, Nakano Lash. Oh, I got that one. That, yep. She's, she's a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's, uh, Sabe or Sabah. The Sabe. Sabe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Handmaiden, Padme. Yeah. Padme, Sabe. Mm-hmm. I see it now. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and her, she's really cool too. Each Momoko said, uh, it's an honor to be working on so many Star Wars, uh, so many covers for the Star Wars world. I love all the characters I got to draw, uh, and they each have their own uniqueness that she admires. So, and I sent you guys the the pictures of them. I'll, I'll add them into the, the show notes so everyone else can see, but they're, they're awesome. They're just stunning. I almost bought a, a, a short box that I don't need because it had a bunch of her artwork on it. Mm-hmm. It's the same pull I get when I see any comic box with Alex Ross stuff on it. I was like, I could use that for something like putting more comics in. And then I'm like, no, no, no. You already have six of the Alex Ross ones right now. Well, I mean, those, those boxes are very useful. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can you, put things you in can, them. You can use them as benches after you fill them. That's true. That's true. I still need to find a better space saving way for all my long boxes. It's just, uh, I may it's, have to really condense them all exist. down, condense them all down to short boxes so I can stack them in places where it's not. So you want to go more vertical as opposed to horizontal? Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. I have more vertical space and horizontal space when it comes to comic, comic areas, but, um, I mean, that's, that's easy. You, you just stack them. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do, Kyle. God. I've stashed them all in the closet of my office. Right, yep, right. See, that's I mean, what I want to do. I mean, other, otherwise, the, the only way you're going to save any space is, is by putting them in a shredder and compacting them. Listen, that's not going to happen. No, it's um, not. It's not. But that is that is literally the only other way you can save any space storing that's topic true. Boxes. That's true. I know Charles was like, you need to buy these, like, custom specific like uh drawers that are like stand-up cabinets and i was like i don't have room for that either (laughs) um but yeah okay so next bit uh so it looks like there's there's supposed to be uh, a a comic coming out called uh dawn of dc green lantern it's a hal jordan series it was supposed to come out in april now it's not come and now they pushed it to may and now it's not coming out in may so it is on the same level as uh the skull and bones game so i'll believe it when i see it um 
So did they just realize that nobody actually cares about Green Lantern well, in I'll comics? Fight you? Um, the, no, they specifically. <laughs> no, he's like the worst oh, one. I, oh my gosh! I'm holding it back. It's okay. <laughs> okay, he's my favorite. Um, but there, there's which, been a what's whole. What's the name of my favorite one, Luke? Which one was it? I forgot. Which one was yours? It's the name them. <laughs> is it is it one of like the main Earth ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have Hal Jordan. Nope. John Stewart. Nope. Guy Gardner. Nope. Kyle Rayner. Yes, that one. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, He's the, the best lantern. The, the struggling artist. Uh, yes, Green that lantern. one. It's because yeah. like the artist one. <laughs> uh, I mean, he did get his girlfriend put in a fridge, which is a thing that happened. In Literally. His... Yep. Yep. That's the thing that happened. The, the, the um, origin of fridging. Started Gail Simone's career. Yep. <laughs> yep. She ranted so hard. They were like, you think you, you can do it better? Comics. And she's like, "Yeah, I think I can." Yes, and then she did. That's yeah, she was a very she was very delightful to meet in person. She's uh, and like she's because you know some people that are like louder online, and then you meet them in person and they're very like subdued. Mm. That she's exactly the same. Like if you read her Twitter, that's her. And she is one person. And I, uh, her husband was also very nice, and he seems to be the one that's like, "All right, stay on track." Stay on track, <laughs> which was like the opposite when I met uh, Neil Adams as Neil Adams was all over the place. And his, his uh, lady with him was like, no, 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 focus, focus on here. Don't get him going. <laughs> I'm the book and move. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I want to get started reading green lantern again. Um, but with the, you know, John Stewart, Green Lantern, uh, Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner, you know, Simon Boz, Jessica Cruz, like all the Green Lanterns out there. It's hard to find like a number one. So this one is Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. I'm like, cool. Give me the number one. Let me start reading that one because that's the one I want to read. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see A, if it ever comes out or B, if it's good. Um, so... With your luck, you'll you'll buy it. You'll get the number one, and it starts with to to get the backstory, see yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll get, probably get be it. The, but I also editor's note on the first page. I also did just find out. I completely missed this. Apparently, that Grant Morrison did a uh, Hal Jordan Green Lantern run just a couple of years ago. Um. So I'm going to need to go get the trades of those because I feel like Grant Morrison and wacky space stuff could be fun. Um, all right. So the, the next bit that I have is about uh, nightwing number 100. Uh, I found this, uh, this article and it said that uh, it features a, a Batman and Robin moment, 82 years in the making. This is spoiler warning. If you it came out last week or no, they kiss. Yeah, it came out. It came out earlier. <laughs> um, I think it was February seventeenth, not not uh, January seventeenth that I wrote down. Um, but uh, so yeah, so it starts out. Uh, spoiler that uh, Alfred is Alfred is dead, and they're out. They're kind of standing at the the gravestone of Alfred, and it said like beloved father and grandfather on it, and it just kind of. Like it's, it's, there's a lot, 
a lot of other stuff that happens in the middle, but I just kind of grabbed the bits that had to do with this. Um, so they, they, they start talking and they kind of admit that uh, Alfred's presence uh, was able to ease a lot of tension between the two and let them talk, you know, as, as, you know, Dick was growing up and stuff like that. And um, that Alfred was kind of the go between, like when Batman wanted to be like caring and parental, he would just have Alfred say it. So he didn't have to say it because he couldn't emotionally do that, which is a very Batman Bruce Wayne thing. Um, and uh, he said uh, in their conversation that, uh, you know, Dick being around as Robin uh, saved him from just being consumed from the vengeance and just, you know, being darker and darker and darker. Um, but yeah. And then, so the big thing is, is there's a, there's a big hug and Nightwing, uh, hugs Batman and says, I love you, dad. Um, which is, you know, if you know the history of the character, that's usually the, that's usually the line like they're that they don't really mm-hmm. jump over, you know, like they get right up to it. And I mean, they, they did it in, uh, injustice, but he didn't say anything until after Dick was dead. Then he said, you killed my son. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, so that's, that's really cool to see. And I'm glad they did it in like the, you know, a Nightwing number 100 that's a good that's a good uh, issue number to do something pretty cool like that. I've I've never been so disappointed. Have, have so they, disappointed. they had the opportunity. They had the opportunity. They could have cast I mean <laughs> so, there there could have been a whole I love you daddy. So here's Just the thing. Add an extra uh, DY at the end and it changes the entire Let, let me exactly. help you. Let me help you Kyle. Cuz if you read here's Luke's notes here. And if you read this with a little bit of a different color and a little bit of different inflection, this is what it says. It says, the opening seems to set up Bruce asking Dick to lead the way in filling the DC power vacuum, blah, 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 blah. And it does, but it actually leads to a much more personal exchange. Oh no! I got the uh, I got the I got the subtext. Uh, here, here, it gets better. Including, including the including the three way with Alfred. Yeah. So admitting <laughs> Alfred's presence eased the tension between the two. See. <laughs> Sexual tension. Batman confesses Alfred would say all the things to Dick that he wanted for him. <laughs> Let's see. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yeah, and then. And then I love Dick Daddy counters by saying Bruce would have been fine without him because he's a good man, but taking off his cowl. <laughs> Bruce retorts. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, the yep, Dick's remove, reaction is exactly what he was referring they're to. They're removing clothing. Yep. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Oh, man. Um, and then, yeah, it ends with I love you, Daddy. And so See? going directly from that to our next uh, news story, <laughs> that was a great way that we got it there. Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special trailer dropped. And yeah, um, it looks so good. So it looks like the uh, the, the basis of the story is that uh, uh, Harley Quinn um, was able to uh, give um, Poison Ivy a uh, an orgasm so good that it affected the entire city. Um, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> and I like all the little, they had like the little uh, tidbits of like showing the flash and Zatanna <laughs> on a date. 
and then was it King Shark and uh, oh, who was it? One of the other monster ladies, but um, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to see it. I think it looks funny. What do you guys think? I mean, what's what's not to be excited about? Like, everything about that show is fantastic. This trailer, I haven't seen the rest of the show, the episodes, mm-hmm. um, but this trailer really, really was reminded me. I'm like, oh, I think I would really like the show. I should probably watch. It, it is definitely like the DC After Dark animation. Yeah, I've got to check this out. I'm, I'm, I'm with you to. I, I I'm excited to see it, but I haven't watched the rest of the show, and I'm a huge Harley Quinn fan. So like, um, I think they've done a good job with like uh, changing your character around. I like both versions of the of the character. I like the 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 Harlequin one from the animated series, and I I think this is a uh, and the the more uh, punk sort of you know um, uh, more modern one is a good evolution of the character. And a lot of fun. It is. I think it, they did a really smart thing when they kind of made her into DC's Deadpool, right? Um, because I think Deadpool is even. I don't think that they've really ever like. I like Deadpool. I think he's really cool, but I don't think he's ever really reached like a tone of that character. His tone is all over the place in a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think they've done a better job with with uh, um, since they could see something else and be like, all right, well, we're going to do it kind of like that, but different. Um, but I think it's the story of Harley Quinn becoming uh, like uh, who was in an abusive relationship. Right. And then mm-hmm. uh, sort of like got control over her life, but she's still kind of nuts, you know? Right. Right. So I think that's a lot of the fun things. Uh, uh, yeah. She's just a great character and perfect for having a, like a, uh, an adult cartoon uh uh, based around for a comic book, but I also would say this is a Doom Patrol storyline. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great premise, and it's mm-hmm. a great and and uh, I think it'll introduce that to a whole bunch of other people. But um, yeah, that's it's it's gonna be. I love this kind of story. This is just hilarious. I'm glad that I'm glad that someone in a pitch room sat there and was like, I got this idea, and then a whole bunch of people signed off on it. And went sure, why not? Right, right. Screw it. Let's let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, uh, uh, we have a new listener that's, uh, since last week when we talked about, uh, doom patrol, she has been on a, a doom patrol, the, the show kick mm-hmm. and she just got to the flexman tallow stuff. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's uh, so, good. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's fun. Um, all right. So Jason Momoa says he has filmed Aquaman two with multiple Batman actors. Um, like it's like it's multiversal. Either that or he like I don't. So this is this is what it says. It said that. Um, so Jason Momoa has revealed that he filmed Aquaman two with more than one Batman actor, meaning it's a mystery which version will make it to the finished film. Michael Keaton reportedly filmed a cameo as Batman in the movie, per the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, but test audiences found the actor's inclusion confusing. Uh, oh, really? Will, will also be reprising his Batman role in Flash, which at one point was shifted to release after Aquaman 2, but has since moved back to release ahead of it. And I feel like maybe it's... That's such a DC thing, right? Like, oh, no, no. We can just shift it around and put Batman in it. 
no, I don't care that it, it, it explains it in the Flash movie that comes out after Aquaman. We just want to put Aquaman out and we want to put Batman in it. Like that just sounds like such a DC movies thing to do. Can you imagine? Had, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that they that they literally had to have a, a test audience be like, no, you should release them in the other order. And they're like, I guess. <laughs> Can you imagine like the migraine inducing uh, mess that it is sitting at DC movies and not being able to put out Batwoman, Batgirl? Uh, uh, yeah. The uh, the mess that was Black Adam, the mess that is Ezra Miller, and right. so because everything else about the human. movies, yeah, is fine, you know, uh, from all accounts that the movie's fine, you know, mm. and then uh, but he's a problem, and you sit there and you're like, well, we sh- we showed it to people and they're confused, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. How bad is it? You just gotta be sitting there like, I hate this, I hate my job, I hate everything about my life. I'm not doing this anymore. See James Gunn walks in there and he just does the double face palm face rub like oh my god all right yeah all right it's not a bad idea if if he's wiping the slate it might not be a bad idea if you look at the mess that that it is you know what I mean but Mm. we'll see we talked that to death last time um so yeah so he said that he there's a picture of him with Ben Affleck so he's he's one of the ones. Uh, and he said, I shot with a couple different Batmans, but you just don't know what's going to what's going on. So we'll see what the end project is. So he doesn't even know so what's going on. Do you think I wonder? I'm not an actor. I would if I was, I think it would be important for me to understand <laughs> what, the, what's the, right. what the scene is, what the plot of the film is. Well, I mean, maybe if you're a superb actor, you can just—I don't need to know that. I just need to know what I'm doing in this moment. So, I mean, it's—it's it's apparently it's apparently not important for for Tom Holland to know anything about about. The, <laughs> that's true. The See, that's a good case in point. I, they, I don't. I don't even think they give him a script anymore. They just hand him a stack of post-it notes with "Here's the things you're going to say today," <laughs> and we're not telling you anything else. He's not even he's not even on stage with anybody. He's just in a little green screen room by himself. Right. Um, you can't trust him with anything. <laughs> and he does a good job. He pulls it off. So maybe maybe it's not that important. Um so so we also got a little kind of update about Aquaman and the new DC stuff with James Gunn and uh Peter uh Safran. He said he he said I'm feeling really fucking good. Aquaman's not going anywhere, so it's all right. Everything's going to be good. We'll still hear, uh, we're still here, and then I might be dipping to do some other things too. Um, and, and then, so, and then tomorrow he's going to come out on in, on his social media, being like, "Well, they just told me that I'm not. That was my last movie." So. Right, right. <laughs> and then Henry's like, and then it's that meme of uh, from was it the Ballad of Buster Scruggs with uh, James Franco with the head around his noose, and he looks over at the other guy and goes, first time." Yeah. Um, but it's Henry Cavill talking to Jason Momoa. Um, yeah, it's just crazy, like seeing all the. Again, we we talked about it before, but just seeing like all the Justice League. Like, who do we have left? Because it's no one. I mean, no. There's, yeah, there's it's Jason Momoa is pretty much pretty much it. And then and then the human train wreck, Ezra Miller. Well, yeah, kinda. For how now. did how did how did the, how did DC wind up? being run by the most problematic people casting the most problematic people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's, 
And it, at, and at what point? At what point? Because they still really haven't. I mean, they they kind of did it in a in a very low key way by by bringing in James Gunn and saying, "Can you fix it?" But they still haven't gone. Said, "We're starting over, scrapping everything. Just we're starting over." Like this went badly from the start. We hired the wrong people. Right. Yeah, it yeah. I mean, I just like I'm not a DC downer. I just want to see good DC stuff. And I mean, the the James Gunn Suicide Squad was good. A Peacemaker was awesome. I love that. Um it didn't have to be it's characters that like the, the the upper management doesn't get all bent out of shape about what you're doing with it. <laughs> Does it say bat in front of it? You can't touch it. Right. Because Shazam was pretty good too, you know what yeah. I mean. It, it felt like it belonged a little bit more in the early two thousands, but I mean, it was it didn't feel like like I was being pummeled to death watching it. I was mm-hmm. I was enjoying it and had a lot of fun. The casting was really good. The characters were a lot of fun, and it it built itself up into the sequel looks funny, you know. So I mean, there's it just and who get, everyone was like, what is Suicide Squad? You know right. what I mean, and and nobody. Uh, fiddled around with him and they just let him make the movie and I think that that has a lot to do with it is that there's a lot of studio interference and Mm -hmm. it it shows in the in the the Trinity movies like the Batman's Superman and Wonder Woman Woman movies oh yeah there is but studio interference isn't inherently a bad thing I mean yeah the, the right the right the right kind of studio interference can keep an entire franchise yeah going off the rails yeah you know they they can say look okay fine we're gonna put you under contract and your contract has like all of these clauses that say you don't get to do the shit that's gonna get you in trouble yeah and if you do you have to pay us everything back yeah i don't think that it it seems like from the outside i don't have any inside but it seems like Disney has a more holistic view on the understanding of working with someone as part of your brand. You know what I mean? Where it's like, like you were saying, they probably have a lot more things in the contract. They're like, you won't say this sort of stuff on social media. You won't talk to these people. If this happens, you lose all the money and all this sort of stuff. And uh, they've really had like not, not huge problems, even with the stuff that uh, Chris Pratt's not a great guy. You know what I mean? But they keep the stuff with him. They're 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 also invested in keeping him looking good in mm. the public eye. Where I don't think that Warner Brothers looks at those relationships like that. They just look at it as like a actor. They don't even bother having some of the people on multiple movie contracts. They have to redo it every time that there's a movie. So mm. I just don't. I think Disney's just a a better run company when it comes to understanding that what they're doing is not just making a movie. What they're doing is building a brand because what's going to happen after that is you have, they want you to come to the amusement park and ride the rides about the characters and meet the characters. And they want you to buy the lunchbox and they Mm. want you to buy the toys and they want you to have a good feeling when you see Spider-Man on something else. You know what I mean? Where it feels like the, the view, cause it's just, it's Disney, you know what I mean? They just have a different uh, uh, culture about it and you can see it in the in the products um but that's uh, i don't know like but and so the way that they they're gonna fix it in dc is they stole someone from marvel right 
You know what I mean? Like that, that's seems like a great idea. You know what I mean? Like get someone from over there to do what you were doing over there. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out and if it pays off. And if it does, I mean, I, I I'm going to be happy about, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like I'm going to be like, Oh, oh man, sure. DC not- movies are good now too. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not like they don't have the potential to turn out some amazing stuff. Right. They, it's they like, have- I want them to succeed. They they have a, a really really deep rich history of some incredible stories. They just need to be careful who they right. hire to write those. Right. Uh, okay. Last news story I have. This one is is special to me because I love this character. Uh, the Rocketeer is returning uh, in a new set of specials uh, in Ooh. twenty. Mm. <laughs> mm. The Rocketeer, sir. Um, so like the in, raccoon, I will fight you. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, the Rocketeer in 2022, IDW celebrated the 40th anniversary of Dave Stevens, the Rocketeer, the creator, uh, in a limited series uh, called The Great Race. And in May, uh, they are going to be doing a bunch of one shots uh, featuring. Uh, comic book creators, Adam Hughes, Jolly, Gabriel Rodriguez, Phil Noto um, to do some one shots for him. Uh, there's a, there's a cool story behind one of them though. So uh, one of the specials uh, was a project that began during the production of a documentary about Dave Stevens uh, titled uh, drawn to perfection. The filmmaker, Kevin Mao discovered that the screenwriters, Danny Blinton and the late Paul DeMeo wrote who wrote the 1991 Rocketeer film adaptation had years ago also written an unpublished Rocketeer comic guest starring Amelia Earhart. Uh, so Mao and the documentaries, uh, executive producer, Robert, Win- Robert Wyndham asked Adam Hughes to illustrate the story. And that project eventually evolved into the one shot that was being edited by Scott Dunbeer. Um, and so the Amelia story was written by Paul. This is a quote from uh, Bilson. Amelia was written by Paul and me as a tribute to Dave. Now it serves as a tribute to both of them. Uh, we're very honored to have Adam bring it to life. I think that's an awesome story. Like that's almost like, you know, they had just written a comic back in the day because they liked the character. And, you know, it was found out like way all these years later, 40 plus years later. And now it's actually being made into a comic. I think that's, that's pretty cool. I think that's awesome. And I could I can always take more Rocketeer. I remember that when they said that when Disney Plus was coming out, there was gonna be a new Rocketeer animated show, and I never got that. So anything, you know, and I mean technically that's Disney's first live action comic book movie is the Rocketeer. Which, which is, you know, so he can be in the Marvel universe. It was before Howard the Duck. Uh, well, did Disney do Howard the Duck? Oh, um, or was that somebody else? Right. I don't. Okay, I don't, that that I wasn't don't, Disney. Me? Was it? No. I don't. No, think so. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it was George Lucas, but I don't think. Yeah, it was. yeah, you're right. So it might have been like Amblin or something with Steven Spielberg, or he just oh, did it. Just himself. the production company on that one was Lucasfilm. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. So I mean I guess it was distributed by Universal. Yes. <laughs> retroactively Disney now owns Lucasfilm, so maybe <laughs> maybe yeah. that counts. But yeah, no I I've gone on this rant before. I love the old Rocketeer movie. I used to watch it like the where it takes place looks like exactly where I grew up in 
uh, California. So it's just like all the nostalgia for me. And people who like the, the Rocketeer love the Rocketeer. Mm -hmm. The very, the very devoted fan base. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if I could still, if I, if I, if like one of those uh, replica companies would just make me a, a nice uh, Rocketeer helmet that I could just put on my shelf, I would be for, forever happy. Um, but yeah, so that's all the news that I had. Do you guys have any comics you want to talk about before we wrap this up that you've been reading? If not, it's fine. I still haven't finished my Assassin's Creed books. <laughs> Nobody has time to read anymore. Uh, any, you, any just, vape? You, you just buy them and put them in a long box. <laughs> and stack them up the side of your house because it's always go vertical. I mean, um, it's, it's it's cheaper than building materials now. And then, uh, Chris, have any uh, borderline porn comics uh, this time? Not this week. I was, I will, I will, I will be sure that I have one of those. We'll just lean into this. We'll, we'll make sure that something of that, like you know what, segment. if you want to talk about like a, like an old book that is, that is a, a weird one, uh, that's kind of like this, it's, it was shocking at the time, but I think that the, that the shock value of the book itself is kind of, uh, worn over time because like the idea of it, of it now is, is kind of. Passe, because you remember, like, so the book I'm talking about is is the Long Black Kiss by Howard Chaikin, and okay. it is a. I've tried to read it several times, and it gets to the point where it feels like there's a D and D like mind spell on the book, where it just starts confusing you in the middle of it, and then there's a. It's a murder mystery, right? And the there's a. It it has a. Uh, uh, you guys remember the Crying Game when that movie came out? The the big deal in that one that it was like a. Uh, uh, a guy, a, a man, a man who has uh, uh, sex with a uh, with a trans person, mm-hmm. and then is like distraught horribly about it. You know, or he's like, "Oh, uh, what have I done?" You know what I mean? And that the book, the spoiler alert for for a book that came out thirty five years, forty years ago. <laughs> um, it's a, a similar thing where it's a guy is there's a, a femme fatale, and the the main detective falls for for this person, and then finds out that. It, uh, they were born uh, uh, male and, and it's like the big reveal of the book where it's like, it's funny to go and kind of look back at that kind of media where it was like, could you imagine this happening? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? You know what I mean? And it's like, Oh, this is just not that shocking anymore. You know what I mean? But it's funny. Every time I, I, I think of that, like in the modern light, I think of Ace Ventura in the first Ace Ventura when he, he (laughs) yes, Einhorn is a man. Yes. Yeah, like, that's. Huh. Yep. Where that? Yeah, that's where that's a that's a it's a laugh line and it's a right. it's a joke. You know what I mean? And now, and it's like ah, oh, you know, it's always these sort of things that were in those in and especially in comedies where you look back at it and you're like we probably that that we should probably shouldn't we certainly shouldn't do that anymore. It shouldn't have been done at the time. You know what I mean? But cough, it is cough, blazing saddles, cough, cough. Yes. And I, you know what? Blazing saddles has been like, I, I think the kids say popping off on TikTok. They still say really? that these days. I have seen no more, no, no fewer than like five people where, because someone will, will, will make that, that comment like, well, you couldn't make blazing saddles these days. And what they're talking about is like the fart jokes and the, the N word with the hard R. Right. right? Uh, uh, being thrown around by all the all the white people yeah. in the in the movie, uh, where 
if you um and it could that movie could easily be just like thrown away as like a oh it's just uh it's just a joke comedy movie and and it's yeah it's crass and it's and it's racist from the from the time mm. so it should get thrown thrown out you know what i mean but if you look at it a little bit deeper it is a, it is a satire of the way that um uh the old west was like whitewashed in uh in american cinema right uh-huh. because uh, cowboy movies were very popular at the time, right? So right. it's a skewering of this like misinformation that Hollywood was doing about what it meant to be a cowboy, or and what it, what westward expansion meant in terms of racism and the genocide of Native Americans and all that sort of stuff. You know, the quote unquote woke stuff from a you know a movie from the nineteen sixties. Seventies. Right. Uh, I'm not sure when that when when that I think came it was out. Seventies, right? To to the point where in the in the crescendo of the movie they actually storm onto a different movie set there's like a, everybody forgets mm-hmm. this part but there's like yep. that musical going on and the horses all climb into there and stuff it's this yeah, mess of an ending and stuff yeah. right yeah that's the problematic scene like that's yeah the the whole the, the whole dom de scene. like that's the yes part, that's the only part right. of the film that i've watched uh, that that i look at and say that probably wouldn't fly today yeah right but it was, but it's like there's a lot deeper, deeper stuff for that. The and what they're, what they're, what the argument is like. You can't make Billy Zing saddles because there's other things. And it was like, well, I mean, do you want to? You know what I mean? Like, is that the, like in your heart? You really want to, uh, um, have a movie that is uh slinging the, white people slinging the n word at a guy? You know what I mean? Is that really important to you to make it? Why is that important to you? Why is that the the red line in Hollywood that's making mm-hmm. you so angry? You know what yeah. I mean. Maybe maybe somebody should have asked Quentin Tarantino that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Like, um, yeah. The, see a lot of interviews with him lately too, talking about this sort of stuff. And I don't know. I think that there's a there's a meter. I wish there was like a thermometer you could put in a director. Um, wherever you're going to stick it, right? But how many movies they have left in them so you could stop writing and make <laughs> right, movies. Because, right, right. w- w- I mean, we could have gotten away without a Godfather 3 if we had one of those. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's funny just t- talking about Blazing Saddles and Mel Brooks. I am so excited to watch the, the, the Hulu uh, History of the World Part 2, the four-part yep. event that they're doing that. Also, they showed him and I was like, oh, man, he is. I know he's up there in age, but I was like, he is. He looks like he's 90 plus years old. Yes. I mean, I, um, I, think, he, I think he is 90 plus years old. Oh, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, sometimes when you see people and you're like, oh, they don't look that old. But then you see him and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. He looks his age. Yeah, he's 96. Um, yeah. yeah. Dudes, I would not be surprised if he makes it to 100. Would not yeah. surprise me whatsoever. Yeah, but I've yeah I've I'm big Mel Brooks fan, so I I'm oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Probably talk um, about it I'm, here when it comes I'm looking out. I'm looking forward to when they when they do the the mashup of Blazing Saddles and Weekend at Bernie's when Mel Brooks <laughs> dies. That's, that's a great that's idea. What I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Uh, so plugs. Chris, go ahead. Plug your plug your stuff. Yeah, Valiety Studios, V E L L E I T Y Studios on all the social medias on the dot com. Uh, always posting new stuff. It is going to be 
um, the 10 year anniversary of the Salt City Strangers, Utah's most awesomest superheroes, a comic book that we published that we we started in uh, 2013, along with the Salt Lake City uh, um, comic convention, comic book convention. You have to say all the words now. Um, (laughs) Don't want to get sued. Right. And. (laughs) Uh, so we're going to try to have uh, a big event this year to uh, commemorate uh, reprinting and some new stories of the breakout star from uh, The Strangers, The Gull, uh, Utah's most awesomest superhero. Uh, hopefully having some <laughs> new uh, new stories with him and uh, hopefully an animated short that we'll be able to, to show to people. And so that will be coming up. And we're also... Uh, and that'll have a Kickstarter involved that people can support that with. Uh, once that's up, I'll let you know about yeah. it. And then we also have later in the year, we're also going to try to have a uh, um, Andrew Malin, my uh, my co-creator uh, at Validi Studios. We've been working on a comic called Ruthless. Um, we've been working on it for about seven years now. And it is about um, the, the first four issues are uh, all the way through coloring. Everything's done on those. Uh, so issue number five, which is the last issue, is uh, nine about nine pages done now. So that should be done this year. And we are going to start trying to get that to a bigger bigger publisher. And so uh, we'll have some stories, hopefully, that we can share with you uh, about our journey into actually trying to get uh, one of our comics published. So that should be a good time. That Fingers awesome. crossed for that. I'm excited for that. That's awesome, man. Animated um, short. That's really cool excited about it so yeah we're 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 gonna see if we can't make a uh, make a little bit of a production out of it so cool uh kyle you got any plugs yeah utah outcast we stream most saturdays on twitch um i've got the uh push my buttons games podcast so we will be recording on friday usually goes up monday so you can go Go back a day, and there should be should be an episode there. Just more video game talk and such. This last one, we talked a lot about the the Last of Us um, game versus the first episode of the uh, of the show. So that was that was fun. Uh, Ryan, you have anything? Um, you found me here already. <laughs> you exist. <laughs> oh, but remember to to summon him. You throw down a Jean Grey action figure. Um, and, and you make a noise, and that noise is, <laughs> uh, and Orion will appear. So I've given away the spell. I'm sorry. You're just gonna be in the middle of your sleep. Just like, son of a bitch. Pop over Wizard Jeff's house or something. That'd be awesome. Just, just, just call, just call her Mrs. Scott Summers. That will trigger. That will trigger. Ooh. Or if, or if I'm in line at Comic Con and you need to get my attention, you just scream "X Men sucks" and I will turn your direction. That, that happened to the same thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, same thing happened to me when I was uh, walking in uh, downtown Ogden, and uh, I hear "Daredevil sucks," and I swing my head around, and Rich Bonaduce standing there, and he's like, "Hey, man!" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "You, you knew, you knew." <laughs> um, but uh, okay, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, go check us out on all the in, all the all the social medias is at the Nerd Dome, uh, Nerd Dome Podcast on Facebook. Uh, go check out our other episodes. Uh, leave us leave us a comment or a question, and we'll we'll hit it up in the next episode. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Hey, Ryan, don't forget to subscribe. You may now exit the dome.
Chris. Fuck responsibility. Say, oh, I was gonna have Chris say it. Oh, sorry. Say fuck responsibility. What? <laughs> we need to be more prepared. We need to have yeah, some I explanation. I knew something was gonna come up, and I was like, "Oh God, what am I supposed to say?" <laughs> just yell, just yell, fuck responsibility. Fuck responsibility. I can see the Don't whole time. Fuck responsibility. <laughs> 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 the kid named Responsibility gets really nervous. Uh, <laughs> did you ask if it was okay with Responsibility? Yes. We need consent from Responsibility. It, yes. Fuck Responsibly. Ah! <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Bye. <laughs>